podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Eric Ten Hag is Manchester United's new manager, the second Dutchman to lead the club. What are his challenges and what do we hope for from him? Well, let's dive straight in on the Manchester United Weekly Podcast. Welcome to Series 7, Episode 32 with me, Harry Robinson and Jack Tate as always. Jack, it's been... um, quite obvious for a few weeks now but officially announced that Eric Ten Hag is the choice for United made by what we believe to be the the new kind of senior figures of John Murta and Darren Fletcher who have been behind the the kind of process Mauricio Pochettino was obviously one of the options but Ten Hag has, has been pretty obvious for, for a couple of weeks and, and they were waiting until after the Dutch Cup final where Ajax were beaten by PSV Eindhoven uh, to, to confirm things Ajax still in the title race in, in the Netherlands but it has been confirmed, first of all. Your, your kind of initial thoughts. I mean, excited, happy. I, I think of the two, Ten Hag and, and Pochettino, I've always sort of lent more towards Ten Hag. We can sort of, sort of get into it more, but I mean, it seemed like uh, the obvious appointment. And I think what... I'm almost at a point with United now where obviously I want us to be successful and that is the ultimate goal. But I I don't need United to be successful to enjoy watching them. But what I want more than anything is I want us to have a manager who you can sort of believe in their approach and believe in their the identity that they are building for our squad. We haven't had a true footballing identity, I don't think, really since Van Gaal was left. And I'm excited to have a manager who does have a, a track record of, of very clearly implementing a, a, an obvious style, an obvious identity to his team, and I hope that we'll see that at United as well. And that every week we can turn, we can you know watch a United game. Yeah, and we might not know that the outcome is going to be, but you know roughly how United are going to approach the game. And there's some there's some comfort that I will take in that. Yeah, absolutely. We could probably talk about the the Pochettino Ten Hag choice another day. There are certainly arguments for them both, and. Pochettino is kind of the perennial bridesmaid, if you like, has been, he has been the forerunner for the United job on so many occasions, but again, has, has, we've, we've gone for someone else. Uh, we can talk about whether that's the right decision at, at a later point, but in terms of the priorities, yeah, you're right. I think that having an identity to Manchester United's team will be nice after the last few months where we've changed formations we've changed style of play we've changed tactics we've changed personnel we've changed a lot the main priority uh, would you agree is for Ten Hag to come in and to put a very clear mark on United publicly and privately and say this is how we want to play that's that's step number one yeah 100% you know day one week one that has to be the very first thing on the list of things to do it's setting out this, the the identity of this team on the pitch, the way that you want to play, the way that you want to approach every game. And to be honest, that has to be then the foundation of every footballing decision that this club makes going forward from there. You know, we've seen with managers, especially if you only have to look at our main rivals in Liverpool and Man City, that if you have that clear identity of what you want to, how you want to play, how you want to approach games on the pitch, it, it, it actually makes other decisions easier because everything should be feeding into that overarching approach that you have that comes from the manager. So yeah, very first thing for Ten Hag is establish that identity, establish that philosophy that you want to follow. And that, that means both instilling it in the players, you know, getting them up to speed with all the, all the training sessions, but it also means making sure that everyone at the club is, is sort of on board and, and falls in line with, with what Ten Hag wants to do. 
Yeah. And I'm actually going to play a quote from Ralph Rennick's post Liverpool press conference in which he basically, I mean, yeah, you can listen to it and, and hear what he says. If you look at those two clubs who are, if you look at those two clubs who are currently dominating the Premier League, they did exactly that. They brought in two man- managers, but not only did they bring in two managers, they also changed the whole thing with regard to formation. What kind of players do we need? What kind of football do we want to play? I mean, the headline of everything was, how do we want to play? And uh, underneath this headline, in every transfer window, they, 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 they created the team that they have in both clubs. So after Rannick talking about playing everything coming under the the headline of identity. How do you want your team to play? And that's what we're saying. The first question is, how do you want your team to play? And then everything else comes beneath that. Um, and I think the the second priority for Ten Hag as he joins United is, is going to be recruitment. And that's, I think I say that because there are other things that we can come on to in terms of confidence and, and character and, and captains and whatever. But recruitment is something that can begin before he actually even takes a job. In, I think United could have been even quicker with this decision, but if they've taken their time to find the right man, then that's absolutely fine. And what they've done is still appoint a manager well before the season's end. Uh, United have, uh, as we're talking about, some direction now, and we need to have conviction in that direction and go for it early on and, and get these key recruitment decisions started. So the second kind of key thing for for Ten Hag is, is who do we want to sign? And I think it probably is it probably is a matter of who do we want to sign first and then who can we offload that doesn't quite fit that identity second once we've managed to get those those players over the line, I guess. Yeah, re- yeah, recruitment. And I think that, that starts at home as well. You know, it's not just who you're going to bring in, it's who you're going to clear out to. I think a big part of, of this summer will be outgoings. You know, we've mentioned it so many times that this is a bloated squad. Well, I say it's a bloated squad. It's it, yeah. it managed to be to be both a bloated squad and a thin squad at the same time. We seem to <laughs> yeah, not I have depth, mean, but yeah. a lot of the players that we have, despite the fact we don't have depth, still you know aren't sort of right and do need to go. It wouldn't surprise me if we see up to like ten players leaving this summer, depending on sort of how Ten Hag yeah. comes in and sees it. I, I think there are some obvious ones like you know the likes of of Lingard, Matic, Pogba, Mata that we already know, but. I think there will be other players as well that Ten Hag needs to come in and sort of decide. You know, are you are, are you yeah. are you capable of of playing the role that I see for you in 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 the team? You know, right back for example, are Darlow and Wan Bissaka capable of playing right back in the way that Ten Hag wants a right back to to play in his system? And if that's not the case, even though they're not bad players, you know, they might be people that have to be offloaded. And so I think the recruitment angle has to has to also start with sort of an analysis of what we currently have, because I think that is really where you can yeah, start and, your basis of who you're going to bring in. Yeah. And, and key to that as well is, is you've brought a new manager in and this is more down to the, the club than, uh, than Ten Hag. Um, but you've brought a new manager and you need to back him, not just in the sense of, of giving him money to spend, but also maybe allocating some of that money to say, well, this is kind of money you can waste and it's not wasting, but by getting rid of players. This is money we don't mind losing. So you have to take a hit on some players who aren't worth what they were when you bought them. For example, Aaron Basaka, yeah, exactly. if Ten Hag doesn't like him, who's going to sign him for 50 million? No one. But can you sell him for a decent amount of money? This is obviously Ten Hag might look at him and think, yeah, we, we, we want Aaron Basaka because he does have his qualities, but you have to back him in those decisions with complete conviction. And, and 
this is not to say that the manager should have control of everything because this is something we've we've spoken about in the past that um Murta and Fletcher and the whole system should have a, a say on these things and have conversations about them but after those conversations you then have to to be brave and think actually yeah forget what everyone's talking about actually we can take a hit on this and we can lose a bit of money because it's the right thing to do for 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 what's going recruitment also comes down to coaches as well which will be one of the first things yeah. he has to do because for example Rav Rennick didn't get his first choice coaches when when he came in because everything was in such a rush Ten Hag has a lot more time a lot of time to think about it and do you think is there any kind of specific character you want to see on his coaching staff I mean there's been a lot of speculation about an ex-United player or someone with a United connection coming in whether that's Rene Mullenstein or Robin Van Persie I don't think that's a bad idea you know having someone that sort of gets it and has been around United during a successful period of the club I don't think is the worst idea I'm a little bit hesitant to say that you need that just because we already have a lot of ex-United or people that sort of get United in and around the club in general I think it's almost more important to get just the right coach who is you know going to be the best at setting the team up properly regardless of their connection to United I think big one for me would, would just be a, a defensive coach as well. Someone that can actually coach us defensively. You know, I mentioned earlier that I want us to have an identity and that is both in attack and in defence too. And I think that's something that we've really been struggling with. And especially, I think basically to get this United defence where you really want it to be, you probably need at least two, maybe three signings. And so that obviously isn't going to happen in, in one summer. And so basically I think you need to be able to coach the, the the group that we have with maybe one, maybe two additions to be able to defend in the way that we want. And so that for me would be pretty high up on the list. Yeah. And I'd love to see a, a big character in that assistance role that means, for example, we've been speaking about uh, kind of Europa League football, if that's where, where we end up or, or Europa Conference or even Champions League is still somehow possible that there will be a very busy schedule, particularly with the 2022 World Cup. That being in winter means those European group stage games are all crammed in. Ten Hag does have a, a great free pre-season with very few international games, a long pre-season, uh, rested players, which is fantastic. And he's the first United manager to have that in, in years. Uh, Ranit came in midway through a season. Solskjaer did. Mourinho came in, but didn't have quite. A, it, it, he complained about the preseason he had. Uh, Van Hal came in just after the World Cup. Didn't have a very long mid preseason. And Moyes, that was that was pretty rushed as well. Um, so Tenag has, has the best kind of arrival at United with regards to time, at least. Uh, but yeah, a big character in that assistance role would really help. I think in those kind of crammed the crammed autumn schedule that we're going to have because you want to be able to delegate in, in those times. And, and if, if Tenag isn't taking a specific training session, you want him to be able to trust an assistant or another coach with that. And I think, I think that's one of his big challenges coming to United. I think it's been stated time and time again, but the, the pressure and the responsibilities you have as Manchester United manager is simply incomparable to anything else. And delegation is, is one of the absolute keys. So having really strong characters in that coaching stuff is going to be going to be really, really essential. I think. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think I think you know that's where the the clamour for someone with a United connection I think comes in as well. That was 
I, I guess the main drawback of Ten Hag is that despite the fact that he's he's obviously won a lot at Ajax, it's not the same. And it, it really isn't the same as being manager of, of Man United with the scrutiny, with the pressure, the constant pressure, constant scrutiny that comes with being in that in that role. And so, yeah, I think, you know, that is obviously where there is this desire amongst a lot of people to get someone that has been around United before to come in and be part of that coaching staff as someone who is used to dealing with that pressure and sort of understands, you know, why it's difficult, but also how you can make the most of it. I think having, yeah, having a, a big character is, is good and someone who's experienced just as we've seen that this group has a, has a pension at times for not fully buying into what a coach says. And I, you, you want to be, you want to basically build a coaching staff that is set up in the best possible way to gain the respect and the trust of this group of players. It shouldn't, that should really go without saying that the players should buy into whatever's happening because he is on, on obviously the manager, but that isn't always the case. It, it, sometimes you need you need to basically build a coaching staff to make sure that players do fully become invested in whatever they are trying to do. You know, Mourinho always had Rui Ferreira in his peak and yeah. Ferreira was always said to be a huge part of getting players fully on board, basically, with Mourinho, especially early on during his stint at any club. Ferreira really yeah. was the one sort of laying the groundwork for Mourinho's fabled, you know, sort of us against the world mindset to really take effect and it, it needs a character like that I think alongside Ten Hag and uh, that that's another big challenge is uh, as you mentioned Ten Hag hasn't got any any links to United uh, or any links to English football and he needs to establish yeah authority and he needs to establish authority with United support as well as the players and 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 get his personality across and also with the with the staff at the club too yeah. not just the players as well yeah he needs to get like he, he needs to get his character and his personality across and 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 that's yeah yeah another kind of task to add to the list and, and we're kind of racing through them because we're reacting quickly to this but these are these are very difficult things but yeah he needs to it, it's a very difficult one because he simultaneously needs to kind of establish authority on this squad but also get their confidence up again which is such a hard thing and he's got loads of time to do it all of all of pre-season and and I think they will you, you've got so many options there haven't you because you can he can kind of come in and say, well, you're either with me or you're not. If, if you don't want to put in the hard work in preseason and, and you don't believe in my methods, then off you go. Or he can try and come in in kind of a, a, a soft approach, win, get that confidence back into them. Just tell him, tell them how much he believes in them and, and win them over. And then hope that with that confidence and belief, they will work hard in his methods. Those are only two of the options. There are loads of ways. We'll see how he is as a, a man manager, but restoring some confidence in these players is a, a tricky task because you it, it's a lot easier to lose confidence than it is to gain it. And it's, yeah, it, it's going to be a really tricky one, but that's going to have to be kind of one of the first things he does when he comes in. Yeah, I think obviously there's only so much that you can do in in press conferences. Ultimately, he needs to sort of almost prove himself to players, fans, everyone at the club on the pitch with the result, early results. But there's a lot of groundwork that can be laid over the summer, I think, with how he, how he speaks. Obviously, the players that we bring in, like we saw that with Ranić. Like I, to, like, to uh, being perfectly honest, didn't, you know, didn't know that much about 
I knew about Ranick's philosophy, but didn't really know what he'd be like as a coach when he came in because it had been so long, you know, since he had been a, a coach somewhere. But at least personally, he, he built up a lot of credit in the bank with me just based on how he spoke and how he approached yeah. thinking about football. And I think Ten Hag will have an opportunity to do that even more, A, because he's going to have a much longer build-up, obviously, over the summer, whereas Ranick, you know, it was a, a week or so. But also, Ten Hag is actually the permanent manager, not just an interim. And so yeah. he will, you know, be people will be a lot more willing to become fully sort of invested in, in Ten Hag as a manager because we yeah. know that he is at sort of the, the future, whereas Ranić has always been this sort of temporary stopgap. Yeah. So, I, you know, I think that is a big part of it. And again, early results will obviously be the, the sort of main thing that dictates how fans view him early on, but there is some credit that can be built up in the bank. And it is... It is an important part of, of being a coach now is being able to speak well in the media and sort of, you basically get fans on your side before they've even kicked the ball. Yeah. And there is so much time over this preseason with no tournament. Uh, United's season is, is, is done. There, there is, t- even before the season ends, there's preparation. And then I'm not sure exactly when Tenag will start. I would assume either kind of mid June or, um, he would obviously be thinking about it as soon as Ajax's season ends and, and once his Ajax responsibilities are done. But I think what's also helpful is is the new structure that's in place at the moment. We're, we're giving it time to see how it works. We obviously don't know whether it's 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 got the right personnel yet, but having someone like Darren Fletcher to kind of ease that entry into the club to, if I mean, you can picture it, the, the, when Ten Hag arrives at Carrington for the first time, he will be kind of, on his shoulder will be Darren Fletcher, United's technical director, but also a link with the club's past, someone who knows everyone inside Carrington and and can just kind of be that helpful kind of guiding hand in the first few days and, and week or so. And I think that is a that is a really helpful role. Um and we can't that Fletcher's come in and in a very weird time where he's had kind of dual roles, but that is kind of what he's there for. And I think uh, a real positive. And he may be able to also help with the the next thing that Ten Hag will have to decide, which is his captain, which is a decision that I don't think needs making for a while, actually, until just before this Premier League season starts in August. But he will pretty much definitely have to, have to um, appoint a new captain. It, it's got to be something in his intrigue, definitely, as he as he starts. And, you know, it'll be something that he, he's fully aware of and will probably have plans already. You know, we talked about it a little bit on the last podcast, you know, about who you would, who you would make captain. It's, it's not, it's absolutely not something that, that should be decided first thing. You know, it, it needs to be something that he takes time to think about and he needs to learn and understand the squad, I think, before any sort of decision is made. Like, it, it's so different. It's so, so different Get, actually getting to know these players day to day, the way that they train, the way that they interact with the players, the way that they command, you know, respect in the dressing room. He, he needs to get a full handle on, on all of that before making any kind of decision. Yeah. And, you know, that, that, will, that will take time. But I do expect that it will be, you know, at the very least something under consideration and almost definitely will, will be changed over the summer. I don't expect Maguire to still be captain next season. And to be honest, I think that's the best... For all, in the best for interest all of, of everyone. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think it will actually do Maguire some good as, as well. So, yeah. yeah, that would definitely be something in his intro. Who it becomes is, is another question. It's like we can get into more over the summer, but it will be um, an interesting and, and quite difficult decision, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk. Um, we are we are racing through a little bit 
But let's talk about what kind of needs to, or at least what we think needs to change at the club, club wide steps that, that need taking this summer as well. Not with regards to ownership, which is a, a conversation we've had many times and, but is a, a conversation for another day, but more kind of below that level in terms of Murta and Fletcher and, and what Ten Hag might ask for. But I think we've spoken about this before, two, three weeks, possibly a month ago. I think if I was taking charge in, in the role that kind of Murta is, is not necessarily in that role, but my priorities were I to have power at Manchester United, um, which is something we'd all like to think about, I think, is would be making every kind of department at the club believe they're working towards the same goal, which is winning United the league, basically. And the second would be making sure that the idea of treating people right is at the centre of everything because I think that rubs off on everyone around the whole club and, and, and business and everything. And I think the other mentality shift needs to be conviction because I think that's what United have lacked. I think for the last 10 years, a, a, a couple fewer than that, maybe nine years, United have had arrogance without conviction, whether it's Ed Woodward sitting in the sun in his polo shirt saying, we're Man United, we're the biggest club in the world, we can sign who we want, and then signing Marimon Fellaini and, and failing to sign who we wanted. That was arrogance without conviction and without knowledge. There are plenty more examples of that. But we, we basically, at the moment, we say we're the biggest club in the world, but we, we hesitate on decisions. We're not confident enough to say, actually, yeah, that player's out of contract, but he's not going to be is not worth giving him a new contract. Actually, he's not worth it for us anymore. We're going to let him go and we're going to believe in that decision. We just don't do that. And we also don't say, actually, no, that player's asking for too much money. No, he can go and we're not going to sign him because his agent wants too much money. Those are things we don't do because I don't think we believe in in what we're doing. We're kind of scared. We're Yeah, we're scared in our in our decision-making too much. So yeah, conviction. Yeah, I, I love that that phrase to kind of sum up how United have acted arrogance without conviction. <laughs> that is, you know, a really good way to surmise all the way that the club have been run and especially dealt with with transfers and stuff in the last seven or eight years. I think to me, in, in terms of the having everyone feeling like they're working towards a common goal of having United, you know, win the league. I think a huge part of that is 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 also down to having everyone feel like they're working towards playing out and creating Ten Hag's vision. Yeah. Like that is ultimately, to me, even though the manager doesn't have the most power in the club, and we've talked about this before, how it's a sort of odd, odd power dynamics inside a football club sometimes where as sort of a director of football type, you on paper are very, very high up in the club, but you also have to be humble enough to to work within the parameters that a manager sets out for you. And I think that is where this summer will be vital for Ten Hag because basically you want every single person, every single decision maker in the club to be working towards carrying out what Ten Hag sees as the path for United going forward for the next couple of years. And that obviously means on the pitch, it obviously means who, you know, the players that you bring in, making sure they are Ten Hag signings, they're players that will fit his style of play. They're not just big names that we think are going to sell some shirts, but then don't actually fit into to his system. But it also means everything. It means the way that the academy trains. It means the way that the academy is set up to try and bring players through that suit Ten Hag system. You know, it's everything around the club about 
you know, if Ten Hag has a specific way that he wants a schedule to run, if he wants training to be at a certain time of day, or he wants the players to be eating certain meals, yeah. you know, there, there's so many things that basically, if you're going to back, if you're going to bring a manager in with the hope that he's going to turn the club around and be here for quite a while, which I think is the case with Ten Hag, it has to be absolutely the case that you trust them and you back yeah. them. Because if you don't, what's the point? Yeah. You know, so every single thing in the club has to be, does this further get us closer to, to where Eric Ten, Ten Hag wants this club to be? And if it is, great. Yeah. If it's not, don't do it. Yeah. My final thing before we set some targets on this whistle-stop Ten Hag reaction is, is, is kind of, yeah, kind of along the same lines that there needs to be an overhaul of the squad, but also there needs to be a, a, a bit of a shake-up. I think there needs to be that mix of, of an attitude in the club that, yeah, everyone's working towards this. And also you need to be excellent at what you're doing and you need to be as good yeah. as you need to demand the best of yourselves. And that means kind of getting rid of players or staff who are underperforming in, in whatever there are to do. And I also think in terms of this goes down to recruitment of players particularly, but also how players are, are treated when they're at the club that there needs to be kind of a bit of, there needs to be some ground rules of, of this is, this is what happens at Manchester United. This is what you can ask for. This is what you can expect. But these are the lines that you can't go over. This is not, we're not going to give you everything you ask for. You shouldn't have players, agents demanding massive fees and just saying, yeah, here you go. You shouldn't have even more crucially, you shouldn't have player agents and, and their management teams asking the club to kind of control narratives around them. Yes, United are ultimately a, a corporate entity and ultimately a, an entertainment brand globally, but individual brands of players will will follow success on the pitch. And I think United too often give give things to the players when actually you could say, no, that that's your responsibility. If you want to control the narrative around your performances, Go and do that. That's fine. That's why you have an agent. That's why you have a management team. United need to be, in my opinion, just need to be a bit more bullish and say, we're Manchester United. This is what we do. Uh, sometimes we don't do it well enough, but we're going to learn from that and, and, and improve from that. And ultimately we're going to try and win the Premier League and we're going to do everything to, to go and achieve that. If it doesn't come off, it doesn't come off, but that, that's what we're doing. And I think going back to that conviction, if you have conviction in what you're doing, when you say to a player no, or when you say to an agent no, then they're going to react less badly if they think actually, yeah, this is what they always do. This is what they believe and That's why they're saying it, not just because they don't like me or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think in terms of, you know, making sure that everyone in the club is working towards, you know, every decision we make is working towards this goal of of getting United back to being a title winning team. I think that's where this summer will really, really be crucial for Ten Hag because really I think what you need in situations like that is when, when so much needs to change, basically, like you almost need a bit of a cult of personality around the manager. That to me is a really, really crucial part of of what's going to happen here because I feel like I've used the, the phrases buy-in and invested so much in the last few weeks because we've been talking yeah. about with the players and Ranić. but you know you need every single person in the club to buy in and fully believe in what Ten Hag is trying to do and 
a big part of that is believing in him as a person, you know, and, and that will be really, really important for him this, this summer as he comes into the club. And it's just, it's, it's just little interactions here and there that can make people sort of believe in what you're trying to do, what you're trying to create. And he really does need to do that, I think, because you need, he obviously can't be involved in every decision that the club makes, you know, yeah. but what he needs is basically to have, in the, in the space of a few months over the summer, he needs himself to be able to convince everyone that what he's trying to do is, is right, is the path forward, and then everything will sort of fall into place behind it, assuming that people are given the freedom to make decisions you know, that they see fit. If he doesn't manage to fully convince everyone over the summer, then that's, I think, where some problems could, could come in because people might, might, might not... People might not feel quite as bullish about doing everything they can to to support him. Yeah. Okay. Finally, let's set some targets. This is more a point of the club should have targets. And I, I think not necessarily should be like publicly saying, oh, we want to win the title in two years or whatever. But there should be kind of I think there should be a bit of openness about saying, Yeah, okay, we've made mistakes in the past. And I understand that's difficult because of personal relationships and and kind of the brand. Um but I think it, it it would work and help and and it's what supporters want. In terms of Ten Hag's immediately challenge, I think for me success would be, I think you have to demand a, a f- kind of the fundamentals within the first couple of months. And I think, I think Rannick has actually been helpful in this in kind of setting expectations by saying United needs um, two or three windows, not three or four years. And I think that's really, that. yeah, that's right. And actually maybe we've been too patient in the past than saying, yeah, three years, whatever. You don't need that long. If Rannick is, is very bullish in this, basically saying, if you do the right things, it'll take you two windows, three windows. And that's absolutely right. January is a little bit harder, especially it will be post-World Cup. So maybe four windows, but okay. I think the short term for season one is you want to see that fundamental playing style. You want to see it happening every week and it getting better, not necessarily every game, but over the course of the season and you should be winning a cup. I think that's what Mourinho got right when he came to United is he went, yep, I'll have, I'll have a few trophies and we won the league cup and the Europa league uh, and the community shield as well. So yeah, that we should be going for some silverware and showing that playing style. It's also what Klopp did. And what Guardiola did and, and what all good managers do is get your playing style in, win a trophy, start the winning mentality off. Yeah, that that is is huge. Like we're not gonna win the league next season. <laughs> you know, like even if even if every yeah. single decision that we make pans out the way we want it, Liverpool and City are still gonna be there and they're still gonna be getting close to hundred points, you would expect. Yeah. So United aren't gonna be close to that. And and that's okay. You know, we're not expecting that next season. What you would hope is Firstly, I think third place in the league should be the target. And if you end up with fourth, okay, as long as it's not a sort of limping to fourth, you know, you want to be a, a, a competitive, good fourth. Yeah. And also, yeah, trophies is, is huge. Doesn't really matter which one of whichever three we'll be playing in, whether that's Europa League or Conference League, along with the FA Cup and, and League Cup. But, you know, getting one of those back to, to Old Trafford would be huge, I think. And, you know that is it's something so important for the club. It's this is now our, our longest uh, trophy draft for forty years. Like it can't carry on. It just can't. And it, it doesn't matter if it's the League Cup and it's the least important one. You just get some silverware in the door. Get this team used to winning. That is a hugely important part of any team's growth. Absolutely. And with that, we'll wrap up. It's certainly a big job, isn't it? I mean, even even it is doing a whistle stop tour of it. 
there is so much to do. But there is. I think also I, I, talking I about like gives you a bit moment, of hope, I think. It, it does. I, I do have hope. I really do. I, I think at the moment, I have a little bit of blissful ignorance when it comes to Ten Hag. Like, yeah. I, I don't know as obviously as much about him as I do about Pochettino. And to be, if I'm completely honest, I think that is why I was almost wanting Ten Hag over Pochettino because I feel like with Pochettino, I know every single possible reason why he shouldn't be United manager. You know, I know all of the criticisms that could come his way, even if they aren't, you know, f- completely uh, founded. Whereas with Ten Hag, there is this element of blissful ignorance where you sort of see the headlines of what he's done at Ajax and, you know, you see the style of football that he plays and it's all re- really, really good. And that's sort of it. And <laughs> that sort of surface level knowledge that I have of him actually almost makes it more exciting because I don't know every little potential problem that he might have. Yeah, I think that's definitely true. But I think, yeah, I think we haven't spoken about Rannick's role, but I think the way Rannick phrases it makes you think, yeah, actually, this isn't such a difficult job. It just needs yeah. the right people doing the right things, which is perhaps simplistic. And you're, and, and you're dead right that you're dead right that Rannick has, has set expectations well as well. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is probably going to be the biggest thing that he passes on to Ten Hag. Yeah. So, with thanks to Ralph and with uh, hopes for Eric, we'll wrap things up there. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. Have a great week. Goodbye. Network.